Hey, we are live. All right, we're live. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hey, how Let's is do everyone doing? All right. I'm going to just set everything up real quick, uh, make sure everything's on there, and um, make sure we can answer everyone's questions. How, how is everyone doing? We're finding life. We had some technical difficulties just for a minute. So today we're going to talk about when it comes to, we talk about relationships a lot, right? So what about relationships, right? That we're all here for a purpose. We're all Kev. Yep. Shit. I can't hear Kev's audio. Can you guys? I can't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're good. Can you hear Kev's good. audio? Yeah. All right. Let me jump out and jump back in because I can't hear anything. Kevin, I can't hear you. So I might oh. have to get out. Oh, oh right. you guys can't hear me? I'm good. I'm good. Yep. Okay, so you guys can hear me. That's great. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's see here. Looks like people to hop on here, so that's good. We're just gonna wait a minute here, so make sure everyone's on board. Um, having some technical difficulty because um the weather here in Kansas City, um, we are having thunderstorms and um. It's not connecting as well as usual. Oh, maybe Kevin, while we're waiting for the other two guys, you could, um, I don't know, do introduction introduction of uh, Troy. Or do you want to wait for the two guys? Uh, they're all coming back already. So. Okay, two back. Go. Okay, good. There you I go. Can, I can hear Kevin now. Okay, awesome. perfect. So it looks like everyone's on, everything's back as normal. So uh, today we're going to talk about, you know, when does these relationships become conversions, right? When do you ask for the opportunity and what does that look like in general, right? And then we have a special guest today. Uh, we have Troy Ritchie. Um, he's been on another live series with me and um, he's a good friend of mine. So Troy, why don't you start with introducing yourself? Sure. My name is Troy. <laughs> hey, hey, Kev, can you send the broadcast link too, by the way? Yep, I'll do that right now. So, No, um, I'm uh, uh, the no sales pitch um, audience engagement person. And um, the problem that I solve is if you guys ever seen the movie uh, Field of Dreams, there's a line in that movie. That says, if you build it, they will come. Have you heard that? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of founders believe that's true with their business, and it's not true. So <laughs> I help them tell better stories so they can increase their customers by 20% every 90 days, pre-coronavirus. Wow. That's that's a pretty big claim there, Troy. Um, it's yeah. It's been proven, 20% every 90 days. It hasn't. It's it's more like fifty to sixty percent. I just don't want to go Ooh. that high. <laughs> awesome. I like that. <laughs> that's too high. <laughs> and that's pre-coronavirus. That's right. You said pre-coronavirus. Pre-corona, yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So I think we can start off. Um, looks like. Everything's working. Is everyone hearing everyone okay? Yeah. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, Tim, would you like to just say something? Let me just hear you. Hello, everyone. 
Good. Oh, okay. I can't hear you, but uh, I can hear the rest. You can't hear me now? I'll do, oh, man. Should I jump out again? Is it just I me? can oh. hear you. I can hear Tim absolutely fine. So. Yeah. Yeah, I can hear everyone. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So I think we, I want to start off, you know, a couple questions in mind, right, to start off this series. And I think let's throw the question out there, right? The first question I have is, when is it time to ask for the business, right? So we're t we've talked about building relationships, building a following quite a bit. But when is it actually time, you know, so we're connecting with people engaging with the audience but when is it time to actually ask like hey what do you want from you know so i'll start with you eldrick why are you always starting with me and making me embarrassed in front of everyone else <laughs> uh, okay um i think when it comes to putting the question uh ahead it's it's uh i i start off with the the environment that i'm in and the intent so the environment that I'm in, I'm an entrepreneur of some sort, obviously not a Fortune 500, but I do run my own services. Uh, I do have active stakes in some of the businesses that I have. So to me, um, the sales technique of uh, a funnel approach where you go hit 100 prospects in order to close 10 don't really apply for me because time is the essence. So for me, it's very important that throughout every single conversation of the people around me, I can be very, very certain that they have a demand for the services that I'm offering or maybe some form of a product that I'm after. Then I will go strike the conversation and see if I can push that conversation further. Right. So effectively, the way I think about it is uh, funnel, I flatten it to a cylinder, right? So uh, to me, it's... Um, just being very, very practical. If I can hear that you need that, right, and I know you, it's a lot easier to establish the trust via relationships. I will go ask the question, right, and uh, that's that's how I'm going to. That's how I usually do it. You know, uh, since last year to now. That's my way. That's great. Yeah. Well, how about you, Timothy? So. I think the big thing is you have to establish first a relationship, second a need. So, you know, when I tell people about sales coaching, I say the first thing you want to do is introduce yourself. Here's who I am. Here's what I do. And that might spark a question about what you do immediately. If it doesn't, you know, then you can get into a little bit of conversation and then say, well, you know, based on what we've discussed, this is what I do. Do you think it could help you? And if they have no need, then there's no need to continue a sales conversation because you're wasting your own time. Um, so, but I would say, you know, you, if you're going to do it via DM, you're better off getting, you know, a, a little dialogue going back and forth before you ask to jump on the call to make sure there's something viable. And even if there's nothing viable, sometimes it's good to jump on the call just to get to know the other person. Because if you get to know them, you know, down the line, they might need you or down the line, there might be a referral opportunity for you guys to work together on something. So that's when I say, you know, you got to get to know the person first, establish a need, then it's time to start, you know, getting into a call and asking for the sale. That's really good. What about you, Troy? 
Uh, well, that's uh, I don't want to take too much time, so you guys uh, interrupt me if I if I get on my soapbox. No, no, you know. go ahead. No, no, no. There's no time limit. Yeah, the first thing is understanding where they're at on the buyer's journey, uh, and what what a lot of people don't realize is the internet has given us the ability to not need a sales pitch. In the old days when we were selling, you know, we had access to information they maybe didn't have, and so right now when when you're being pitched. You can, while you're being pitched, you can get on Google and do a search for all the competitors that are offering the same thing you're offering. And so the first thing you want to understand is that the buyers control the sale. And I know that goes against every sales guru's, um, you know, uh, persuasion techniques or control techniques. It's true. Uh, buyers don't want to be pitched, um, but we all want to be sold because we want to believe in whatever it is that we that we come on. So the buyer's journey, they're first unaware, then they become aware, then they enter the pain stage. The pain stage is, is, is it a high pain or a low pain? And then they hit the review stage. And in the review stage, most companies want to target their buyers at the review stage because it's easy. It's like, well, they're going to buy the reviewing companies, get me in line. And what we miss is that earlier part of the stage, which is why personal branding videos are so powerful is you get to know people and is there you're telling stories you're spitting fire uh via video emotional triggers happen and they go from unaware to aware and if you guide them along that buyer's journey then the close is very organic mm -hmm. it's uh, it's natural and there's a difference between purpose and result i'm in sales what's my purpose close deals right that's actually the result your purpose isn't to close deals your purpose is to is to uh, cover if they're a match for your solution. So you use the learn or confirm technique. If I don't know enough about you, I'm going to learn about you by asking questions, not to sell you, to learn if you are a good fit for my product. Because if you're not, I don't want you to spend your money. It's going to be a bad relationship. Mm -hmm. Or confirm because you got a suspicion that that VP really needs your services so now you come in and ask questions to confirm either way your purpose is to learn it's not to sell and and i'll, I'll end with this selling there's nothing wrong with selling it's serving i don't like to see people say you know stop selling during the coronavirus or whatever selling is serving pitching a sales pitch different than selling in my opinion do you mind if i add on something to what you just presented troy as yep. in, first, first off, um, um, with you on your overall message, um, I think across, and, and this is not about, it's not about putting you up a pedestal because even in my post already historically, I write about that very often. I said that it's not about the matter of putting, getting the client to put the pen to paper or to mm -hmm. sign a contract. Literally is, do you have that ability and that aptitude to serve, right? Because if you're not in that capacity in times like this, mm -hmm. where clients might get a little angsty, we, we won't be able to, to perform to our levels because then we will be in the commercial mindset. We'll be nickeling and dining them to help, right. right? Like if I'm charging by per hour and they're like, hey guys, uh, now it's 65 minutes, so I'm going to charge 65 minutes and things like that, it won't fly in times like this. At least that's what I believe. And to your point on personal branding, videos, text, audio, signals, comic strips, and things like that, I think it's an evolution to the way sales 
should begin. So mm -hmm. we know that the conventional sales strategy always starts from prospecting, but for today, that's not relevant. In the digital age where everything is predicated on information at ease, and I can search yeah. them, right? Knowing us is the ultimate first step before what we are going to offer, right? So I'm, I'm going to the extent to say that personal branding is that first step right. to get people to know us before we actually talk about what we serve people for. So That's I'm right. with you on that. It's just that um, it's, it's totally aligned with the kind of things that I do, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and truth be told, if we think about office gossips or politics, right? We don't gossip and politics about the role. We don't complain about a manager. We don't complain about a CEO. We complain about the person. It's not what he do. It's the sure. person, right? So if we reverse engineer that from the big business environment, we put it in the, the work that we do, right? Putting ourselves ahead in terms of personal branding before our business is the way to go. That's I'm right. with you on that. And this is, this is the way I think and this is the way I act too on a daily basis. Thanks for sharing, Troy. I mean, just my add-on. Love it. Hey, I wanted to say hi to you. Um, looks like Jacqueline Young um, just hopped on. Um, we have Kenneth um, that uh, made a comment here. He said, hey, Troy, um, the buyer controls the sale. Um, very good point, Troy. Information uh, plenty these days. I remember reading on Forbes that buyers go through 70% of the buying journey before ever reaching out to a salesperson. So, yep. yep, so good stuff. How about you, Jeremy? What are your thoughts on this? Uh, thanks for putting me last because I, I really have no input. I'm just learning from all you sales guys. <laughs> I know I, I always say that, you know, I, I have nothing in the head, but uh, this time really, uh, because uh, I, I'm not actually a, a salesperson. Um, I'm a corporate guy. I don't, I don't really pitch that much. Um, usually I pitch is in front of customers, introducing the company, um, saying what we have to sell. Um, but, but I do have to agree uh, with what Troy said and what Aldrich said. Um, the buyer's journey piece is um, really, uh, that's, that's really textbook. But I think uh, the additional layer, as we mentioned earlier uh, by Aldrich, is the, the personal branding part. But if you look at the entirety of things, um, the personal buying piece is important only and only because uh, digitally with internet, there's what we call perfect knowledge right now, perfect knowledge of uh, products, features, even pricing, right? So, so if, that, if that is true and you have access to everything, all the information on the product, even its pricing, then it becomes the issue of who are you going to buy this item from because you now get to choose who instead of what to buy because what is already out there, right? So if that is the case, um, um, you know, we always say people buy things from people they like, right? So, so based on that itself, um, relationships become everything that makes or break the deal. Um, you will only buy from people you like at the very least or you won't buy from anyone you don't know, I guess. And you definitely will not buy from anyone you don't like. And this don't like could be uh, how this person um, um, says things on internet, on social media, or the, the person's value, or the company that the person runs has a different value uh, from you. For example, maybe they don't believe in sustainability. You know, information like that becomes crucial um, because ultimately, if you want to, to, to buy something from someone, you want to know 
how the person is like. The only way you can sort of have a, a idea of what this person is like is is what this person puts on social media, more or less, right? So so that builds into the um, personal branding piece, and I, I guess that's why it's all important um, to write carefully what you do on social media because that is how people assess if they want a relationship with you to start a relationship with you before uh, you know thinking of buying from you because you know with LinkedIn and stuff like that everything is so visible and uh, you really get to pick and choose who you want to start a relationship with and um, and and if you don't build that relationship you know people are just not gonna buy from you it's just so much choices right and uh, yeah so, so so that's my that's my take um, but when to go in for the kill, um, that, that, that I probably have to learn from you guys. <laughs> Maybe we can explore that uh, a bit more later. So that's yeah. my view. So for myself, I think it goes with this, right? Um, I think both what Eldrick said is absolutely correct and also Troy, right? So it comes down to, it's like building any kind of relationships, right? So um, let's look at it from a dating perspective, right? Um, let's not talk about that's the ultimate relationship, right? Um, uh, either meeting a boy meets girl, girl meets guy. Right? So how do you approach that girl? When does the time come? You don't just show up and go, hey, I love you right off the bat when you don't know that person you don't know who they are and go okay come on let's go you know uh, only if you're very attractive which i wasn't blessed with that so so only if you're super attractive maybe it works for you but i think when you talk about online relationships um building any sort of relationship it first starts with getting to know someone so when we're out here and we're putting ourselves out there, we're just there to get to know who we want to connect with. And they're trying to decide if they want to connect with us, right? So when it comes to talking about the internet and social media, LinkedIn, um, we get to control how we're perceived. So uh, that's where our content come in, our video. Um, who we are, right? And some people are very transparent. Um, some people are very authentic. And then there are some people that put on this disguise, right? So it's the same thing. Um, there's guys that go out in the dating scene, and they're going to dress their best. They're going to put on their best. They're going to say the perfect words, right? I'm a guy, so I'm talking from, from a male perspective. But there's girls that go out there, and they wear certain stuff. That doesn't really represent who they are. And I think it's the same thing on these platforms. But then you start getting to know that person. You start asking questions. You start connecting and building relationship. Then it goes to where that buyer's journey happened, right? Because I am talking to you and you're sharing with me, hey, hey, I have these things. I struggle with, you know, getting traffic to my website. Hey, guess what just happens? Um, I actually own a digital marketing agency and this is what we do. You know, so I have a solution to your pain point. It's the same thing. You're courting someone, um, uh, trying to get a girl or vice versa. You get to know them and you, you start looking at how can we mutually, you know, benefit or help each other. And you choose to go, hey, I want to date this person, right? And I think uh, when it comes to prospecting, it's very similar. You go through this discovery stage. Hey, let's get to know each other, ask the right questions, 
and they're going to answer. And then we go see if there's a solution to meet that need. And it's always like even going in for the kill, right? Because this should come very natural. Because I think if you do the upfront part correctly and you're very authentic, you're putting the right message out there, you're being you and you're not trying to fake it, then naturally I think those sales opportunities starts coming because you go, can I call it connecting with your tribe, right? Because I see it in my own personal journey. As um, we shifted in J29, where we're putting more of our authentic message, who we are, um, we started getting better customers, you know, and we used to do aggressively create funnels, you know, do all the digital marketing stuff, right? But what happens is we get the clients, but they weren't the right fit. And what happens is four or five months down the road, I lose them anyway. But then if I connect with the right authentic clients that think like me, that want the same things my company represent, they become long-term, you know, loyal customers that comes back to me year after year. So I think that's huge. I think it also, I mean, anyone can do the, um, I think, sales pitch and do a quick fix, you know, and get the sale fast. Um, but then are you looking for that quick sale? Looking for long-term loyal customers. I think um, that makes the difference. So that's my Good two stuff. cents. Good yeah, stuff. yeah. So. It's it's sort of like it's sort of like you have uh you have to tussle between um, getting just a transaction or having a long-term partnership. I mean, the case that you mentioned, right, Kevin? It's really you can make that quick sale, that quick two, three transaction, but if you're not aligned. Uh, on on a greater level, uh, if you know don't resonate with you and your values with the customer, uh, yeah, you, you're not gonna get that long term partnership with with the customer because if you're a partner, just like you mentioned, right, in dating or even in marriage, then you're invested. Um, you bounce off each other, and not it's not about I got this to sell you. Do you want to buy? It? Okay, yes, buy it, and that's it, and you never see them again. So it really it's it's a transaction versus a relationship or a partnership kind of a deal here. Uh, which makes this whole entire conversation uh, more meaningful. Um, how 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 we can leverage relationships and when to convert them. So yeah, that's just a little add on to what you just mentioned. And and by the way, I love that courtship uh, analogy. And um, believe me, I've tried. You know, um, going up to a girl who doesn't know me and I don't know her, I say, hey, this is Jeremy. You know, um, want to be together? Never works. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think oh. that's, a, that's a very good point too. I just want to uh, put out some of the ideas that I have in which um, I'm also using it myself as in I'm a practitioner of what I'm going to say. So it's not something that's fluffy. Um, the, the, the traditional way of looking at sales strategies, whether it's on the textbooks, in college, or the big businesses, it's always in a linear fashion. But I think when it comes to solopreneurs, freelancers, specialists, and consultants, we need to be very, very flexible in the way we do things, right? So traditionally, you, you have the negotiation, the sales closing, and then after that is the follow-ups. I think, I think for individualists, that might not be the formula for success because relationships matter. Because relationships matter. We don't want to just close once and destroy our relationships for the rest of our lives. That's not the way... That I, that's not the kind of thing that I believe in, right? So sometimes, sometimes the people that we understand 
and the people that's close to us, they might not actually have a full view of the way we serve our clients and our prospects, right? So it's absolutely okay to bring the follow-up phase, the post-sales follow-up phase of servitude ahead. When we are talking to them, when we are trying to tell them that, hey, I can add value to your life, we can put that ahead first. We don't have to close them first. It's like, if I know someone is struggling with understanding what's going on in the global economy, hey, we can start a conversation on that. I can tell you, this is the template. This is how I understand, right? If you are interested, you know, we, we can have a casual conversation on that. Bring the follow-up phase ahead. It's fine because it is not the commercials. It's the relationship and the conversation. I think that works. To me, I think that works. Mm-hmm. My point. Yeah. So I think it also, uh, Jeremy, you being the um, corporate retail guy, right? I think it goes into also um, the retail space, right? Because technically, every day you guys are selling. You guys are selling products. Like an Apple store is selling. Um, so it actually uh, relates a whole lot with what you do too. Because um, when you're creating campaigns to draw people to the retail store, right? Uh, you know, there is, there's a time when something triggers you guys build up these campaigns for the opportunity, right? And that's what when you guys launch your sales or different things like that. So I think it kind of relates too because technically you guys are constantly asking for the sale, correct? Yeah, yeah. In, in terms of uh, B2B, um, because I'm in marketing, so whatever I do it helps to support um, the salespeople to, to get sales. But usually, uh, more often than not, um, the relationship with the customers uh, lies with the salespeople. And that's why uh, salespeople are very important. Um, they are the ones who will send the EDM out to the customers if we don't have a database to leverage on. And these days, to be honest, everybody gets uh, email, EDM so much, right? Even more even more so now during this uh, virus situation, every company is trying to you know, uh, quickly communicate with their customers. Uh, but if I just send a mass mail out based on the database that I just bought, uh, well, it's probably going to go into a junk mailbox or it may not even go through the, uh, the firewall, right? So, but if it is uh, the salespeople who are reaching out um, to their customers who have relationships with, even like their personal email, you know, who knows? I, I think that's that's what um, matters. Um, people are not going to remember you for your campaign. People are going to remember who sent this information to me, you know, even more so now. And uh, I guess I guess uh, uh, if we look at relationships further in a corporate environment, um, in where retail is, uh, it's quite a small circle. I think I can say that for most industries, you know, if you're in the advertising uh advertising space, the circle is quite small. In retail, the circle is quite small. Oil and gas, aviation, you name it, you got it. Uh, the point I'm trying to make here is that your customers would probably stay in the same industry, right? Because they've been in it for a while. So they moved around the industry. Uh, they joined what used to be competitors, uh, you know, becomes their new company. Uh, why is that important? It's important because if you are selling um, and you're building relationships, the relationships follows this person or that person no matter where that person goes to a new company, right? In this time and age, nobody stays longer than, I don't know, like I'm a dinosaur in the past. I stayed in a company for 13 years. You know, that doesn't happen anymore, right? And if you look at our experts say three to five years, make a move, you know? So if you have that relationship, the customer is going to move around to different uh, companies within the same industry. And that's when they will buy from you again, uh, because quite likely, you know, 
uh, they're going to be holding the same kind of job. You know, for example, if you have a relationship with a procurement guy, you're set for life, right? Wherever this company, new company, this guy goes, you're going to be the sell to him or her because the trust is built, the relationship is built. So, so in the corporate sense, I think that's very important to have relationships. And if we go one level down, you know, I, 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 I like your example, Kevin, about um, Apple shops. You know, as a as a customer, as a consumer, uh, if you go into an Apple shop and you buy something from there, they usually try and build a relationship with you. They speak to you, they introduce themselves, they do a bit of a small chat, you know, small talk, that's what we call. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, after they made the sale, they tell you, oh, this is my name, card. Oh, this is who I am, if any trouble, come back to me. So that in a very short frame of time uh, is actually relationship building with a stranger. And uh, yeah, depending on how well uh, the person does it with that small talk, or manage to establish that relationship with you in that 15, 30 minutes, um, that will be important because at least when you go back to the store, you, you, you can say, hey, I spoke to so-and-so the last time, you know, is he around? You know, that makes it so much better. Uh, you go back to the store because you know someone there. Uh, and, and I think all this builds up uh, in, in the retail, which is more important now. Yeah, I know it's a virus, everything is closed, but when everything is over, um, you're going to go back to the shops where you know someone or somebody knows your name by, and that's where relationships matter. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different environment. I call that uh, more order taking than selling. And re relationship building is, um, is, is key, number one. Number two, though, is still uh, a sales skill. And, and that's what can't be ignored is we still need to understand how to sell. Uh, and close. Uh, closing is, 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 you know, extremely important. Um, but uh, the, the uh, idea of establishing relationship, if you're the guide, um, when they call upon you, you have to know. And, and I always joke about this when I'm talking to people that say, have you ever worked in my industry, Troy? And I tell them, you know, I'm an expert in the people industry. And that allows me to work with any product or service that you have. Because a lot of times people will get so much of an expert in their industry, we should be reading books and learning a skill about how we interact as people because that's constantly changing. And that, to me, is the most important. And then you can sell anything. You can literally sell anything because you're taking them through that, that journey. Walks in an Apple store, they're at the review stage. They're already – I mean, that's, that's an easy sell, in my opinion, because you're just kind of like answering questions and, and being knowledgeable. It's still establishing the relationship. Uh, how do you get the Windows, the, the guy that has a Dell PC, how do you sell them on an Apple product? That's that's where I get excited. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. And I guess um, when we were talking about um, the clothes, right, I think a lot of the people go are on social media. They start doing the uh, any social media channel where they're trying to create opportunities, right? Um, a lot of people are on these platforms, but – how many is actually making money, you know, or actually make creating themselves? And I agree with Troy. I think there's a lot of people on these platforms and they post a lot of content. They engage. But I always question, are they actually converting? Are they actually, uh, you know, creating revenue? And it's we have to face reality. We have to be honest with ourselves, right? And maybe there are some people that are on here to just make friends, but I think 80 to 90% of the people that are on these platforms are looking for an opportunity of some kind. 
And it doesn't have to be a monetary opportunity. It can even be a career opportunity, right? They're either searching for a job, networking, so they can, uh, you know, widen their, um, uh, you know, credibility, or they're looking to uh, grow their business or be more known in their industry, right? I, I don't think anyone's really just on here and spending all this time to just make friends because there's a lot of ways to make friends, right? And I think these relationships do really matter and everyone do care about each other. But at the end of the day, right, um, I most likely make friends where I can go have coffee with that or around, you know, my area that I can, you know, come see, eat dinner and do things with, right? So um, um, let's go into that topic. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Because I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think I, I, I want to be very transparent. You know, um, I own a business. I'm an entrepreneur, right? Um, if I don't sell anything, uh, my kids don't eat. I can't pay my mortgage. And that is the reality. So when it comes to LinkedIn, I am very authentic who I am and what I do. But hey, guess what? When the opportunity comes and I see the right match and I can help someone, I'm going to ask for that sale. I'm going to ask them, hey, this is how I can help. You know, you know would you like to take this? You know, this you is what my company does, right? Yeah. Do you want to give me a, give you a secret about the best clothes in the world? Yep. Go for it. Oh, sure. Best clothes in the world. Uh, when you're selling, the person you're talking to is, whether they, whether they love you or not, there's always this no, right? There, there, there's a little bit of a no. And so uh, I learned this uh, through Max Sachs training. Uh, keep them comfortable with saying no and ask them, can you think of any reason why we can't get started today? When they say no, it actually means yes. No, I can't think of a reason why we can't get started today. It's brilliant. It works every time. That is <laughs> great. To say no. That's a good yep. close. Got a good one. Tim? We haven't heard much from you today, and you are the you, you do sales training, so I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> so uh, yeah, when it when it comes to this topic, and you know us being on social media for a purpose, right? I mean, the way I see it is it's a, it's kind of a step by step thing, right? If you have a job and you're doing well then you don't want to just jump into social media and start swinging right away because unfortunately it may not start immediately. You know, um, that being said, is there opportunity? Absolutely. You know, um, we share that we're entrepreneurs and, you know, in the grand scheme of things, really what it boils down to is taking the time, learning your audience and what Troy talked about building your brand you know, getting people to relate to you. It's, it's a much easier close when somebody already knows what you do and wants to buy into your service versus you having to cold call them and pitch them and do all the things that everybody's doing. It doesn't work that we get, you know, on LinkedIn, we get three, five, seven pitches a day, however many it is. So it really, it really just boils down to, you know, building your brand, building your following, letting people know what you do. And then there's a right time to launch into doing something. Um, if, if you have a six-figure job and you have no following whatsoever, then it's not the right time, right? But, you know, I mean, if you're at ground zero, if you're making 
30K a year and you want to jump in and try and you have a little bit of following, that's a different story, you know? I mean, it's about replacing your income at that point, right? 30K a year is 2,500 a month. So what can you do to replace 2,500 a month? That isn't that difficult. You're making six figures, it's 8,000 a month. It's a little more difficult. You have to figure out how you're going to replace that income. So I think when it comes to, you know, jumping in, being an entrepreneur, getting into this for the sake of selling something, you know, you just have to do it in steps. And, uh, you know, you have to establish your brand and it takes time. You know, it's, it doesn't happen overnight. So that's my take on it. So I want to hear from all of you. So we're talking about, so from relationships to conversions. So what are your thoughts on funnels? Online funnels. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, so taking people through a buyer's journey, right? And then you have them fill out a form and then you send automated emails to them, you know, to sell something. I want to hear from you guys. Um, what are your thoughts? And it's interesting, too, because I want to hear um, the guys in Asia and your perspective and then um, the guys in the West. Right. Uh, what's the you know, uh, how does that work in um, Asia and how does it work in America might be very different. So I would love to hear your perspectives. Jeremy, you want to go first? Who? Me? Yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, okay. Um, so in, in the corporate world, uh, all this whole funneling thing is um, being automated now, right? You have um, all this marketing automation tools whereby um, you put up you put up a website, you put up some ebooks for people to want to download and read, then you get their information, they sign their confidentiality away, and you can start emailing them all the time. And there are rules, uh, you know, like GDPR to uh, sort of uh, circumvent that or stop that from happening, um, all this privacy thing. So, so that's in the corporate world, I guess everyone's familiar, how, how this whole funneling thing works. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not so... I'm not so sure if, if it really works because um, it's automated because we want to make things efficient. Uh, we want things to be optimized. We want to be able to track um, the different uh, returns on investments of all the different campaigns. Um, and it goes into this whole database of people. Uh, but I guess the, the challenge with that is uh, this, this is how a corporate engine works, right? Um, they need all this data, they need all this information uh, at the back somewhere so that we can activate it if we need to continue to do um, new campaigns. Um, but I, I, don't think, I don't think that is building a relationship. Yes, it could be a relationship uh, in terms of uh, end user to a company, but really, how do you build relationship with a company, right? It's still the people in it. So, so I, I think in terms of funneling, um, big corporations have their way to do it. Automation is an answer uh, for optimization and efficiency, and just for records and tracking. Uh, but I, I don't think I don't think that is. Uh, it still boils down to the salespeople um, going, putting them through that that buyer's journey. Um, and I want to uh, uh, take what Tim said earlier. Um, about uh, putting a profile out there and all that. Uh, if you think about it, um, putting yourself out there on social media like in LinkedIn, uh, telling people what you do, what your thoughts are, um, it's actually replacing uh, what we used to be called sales pitch or door-to-door -door knocking, right? So in that sense, you are trying to prospect and funnel by 
by putting yourself out there, spending time. Uh, uh, time is such a limited resource, right? Everyone gets 24 hours a day. So why are you spending time on social media uh, telling people what you do, how you feel, what you think, how you approach a certain uh, a problem, what you have to sell? Um, it's actually sort of replacing door-to-door -door knocking and prospecting because you are, you are turning the game around. You are just uh, putting yourself out there. It, it is sort of advertising, especially for solopreneurs, right? Um, and, and then getting people to come and look for you uh, when they need um, your service. Or, or or your your um what you have to sell right resolve their pain point so that in a way is also sort of uh prospecting uh sorry uh, funneling um so that's that's my my take you know how individuals do it versus corporations uh you still cannot escape the fact that you need relationships to be able to convert better um and long term wise like I said earlier a partnership um that's that's my take okay. Um, I'll go next, right? Since you call out the people in uh, across the Pacific first, um, I, I think about it this way. Uh, now that we are at the maturity stage of the information age, right? With internet, a lot of things are getting commoditized. A lot of things. Basically, what we are trying to do as solopreneurs or even the businesses, I don't think there's going to be like an extreme, unique selling point anymore because with the internet you can actually find someone doing what i do in poland or fiji or, or somewhere else right so uh, the ability to relate and connect is now the, the edge that anyone has because everything else is getting commoditized right so with that how do we use technology how do we use technology to enhance our relationships and to get ourselves closer to our clients and the people that we want to serve. I think that is the question. And I think that that is really the point. So uh, across all, if I have a choice today and I rank every single marketing tool and technique that's out there, let's say, um, I, I wouldn't prioritize an email content, I mean, a content emailer over a Zoom call. Because with a Zoom call, it's personal, even though it's over the screen. I can see you, you can see me, it's real. It's as if we have a physical interaction, right? You can talk, I know how you're feeling today. I can see if that, uh, is there something that I can help you with or is there, you know, there's a pivot to what you're actually looking for. We can enhance our relationship. So to me, that's, that's really the point because understanding your customers today is the number one job. Not, not on the, what we offer, not on the price point, or not on, you know, I'm the, I'm the salesperson. I, I don't think so. I, seriously, I don't think so, right? So it's like if we are serving the elderly population, okay, I can't say for the world, but let's say for Asia, uh, the elderly population, the grey, mm. they are not that technology savvy. They don't really catch up with social media or Zoom or, or you know, Teams, uh, so to speak, right? When they are on their phones, they are on SMS, short messages service, basically. So they are on SMS or they are on calls. So if you are genuinely in the position to serve them, go on SMS, go on calls, right? Or go on video calls. They, they want to have a conversation with you. Do that, right? So bring the personal aspect of us as close to the people that we want to serve as possible. I think that is the way to build relationship today. 
today, right? I do not know what's going to be the next big thing in AR or VR or whoever some some 14-year-old kid in New York is inventing that's going to be the next big thing. I don't know. I don't know, seriously. But what, what I think we should all think about is how we can put ourselves as close to our customers as possible with the tools that we have. That matters, right? Anything else with the internet is commoditized. Anything else. I truly don't believe that that is a real unique differentiating USP in the standard marketing textbooks. I seriously don't think so. That's my point. Interesting. And I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, just being you know, in both worlds, right? Um, just living here in the US, but then, you know, having Asian parents and um, travel to Asia. I think um, Asians are definitely, in the East, I think our relationships are very big in the US. Um, they still believe in the um, dinners and the handshakes and um, showing up in person to sign a contract and agreement. And I think there's that difference um, in the West, you know, in the U.S. I mean, I can send a contract agreement via email and have it signed the next day. Right. So um, I think there is still that relationship aspect is a little different. And I feel um, the funnels um, in the U.S. is more. um I don't know. I want to hear from Tim and Troy before I say anything. So, yeah. <laughs> Tim, you want to go or? Yeah, I'll go. Um, so about about the funnels. Here's what I'll say. I mean, there's just it's simplest way to put it: high funnel, low funnel, right? Email marketing, high funnel. It's it's the start of the process, but you have to work that person down the funnel. And you know that's really what I specialize in. Is I'm good with the person who can get a lot of people to talk to them but they can't get somebody to get on a Zoom call, or even if they get them on a Zoom call, they don't get them to a close, right? And it's because they're asking the wrong question. And the questions you ask from the time you get that initial contact in the funnel, the high funnel piece, the questions you ask are going to lead you to the close. If you ask the right questions, as Troy said earlier, the close becomes organic. It's not a, it's not a tough thing. Because by that point, if you ask the right questions, they've already established for themselves, oh, shit, maybe this is a need for me. Maybe this is something that I should be thinking about, if you're asking the right questions. And to Troy's point, that's in any industry. Whether you're selling financial planning, whether you're selling golf clubs or whatever it is, if you ask the right questions, the customer can lead themselves to the close. So when you talk about the funnel, an email marketing campaign is high funnel, right? Now... Uh, branding and personal branding, that's a little bit more down the funnel. Because by that point, they might have already decided, hey, I really like this person. I'd like to work with them. You know what I mean? And now just don't screw it up. But, you know, <laughs> but what, I, what I'm really good with is if you can get somebody in the top part of the funnel and ask them the right questions, by the time you get to a Zoom call, they're already this close. You just have to give them a push. And as long as your pricing isn't extraordinarily high for market and they feel the value is there, it's a close. So, you know, when it comes to funneling, I mean, really, you move the customer down the funnel. Any kind of marketing creates a high funnel lead unless it's personal brand. Then that moves them a little bit more down the funnel because they've already decided, all right, I like this person. Outside of that, everything you do from initial contact to the call to the close 
that's on you. And what you do is how how far down the funnel you go. Mm. So, yep. Don't go now. My turn. You can yep, go, go, Troy. <laughs> uh, so, um, short answer is yes. The funnel works. Um, the follow up does not. Um, I'm writing a book. I'm just about done, and I've been googling uh, self-publishing versus traditional publishing, this and that. And they they have the funnel where I download this white paper on how to write a book proposal, right? And so I'll click it, and I'll fill out the information. They have me, and now their email drip starts to come. And the the mistake that is made by so many companies, good companies, is they give all the information in the email mm -hmm. for it's appeal-based, right? So you just want to give a snippet, so I click it, right? Snippet to click it. And then you want to run a report, and then you want to have your low hourly wage individuals make a call on the clicks. You simply call the clicks. Um, every uh, uh, publishing email that I've gotten in the last two weeks, like it's like that long, right? And I'm trying to read all the information. I'm interested. Maybe I buy, maybe I don't, but they're not they're seeing that I've opened it. They're not seeing that I've clicked to take that next step. And the second thing I'll add is I'm a big email marketing guy. Uh, and the um, I read this in a book once that for every time you criticize a child or um, a student or a uh, employee, like maybe you're managing someone, you need to give them six positive affirmations. That's a six to one ratio. I fail this every day with my with, with my kids, right? Every single day. <laughs> Six to one ratio to repair that constructive criticism, right? And then for email marketing, the rule is three to one. So for every four emails you send out to your, your prospect, three of them should be about them, their needs, what can benefit them, what's in it for them. What, maybe you're you're talking about trends in the area. What, and these uh, emails that I'm getting from publishers, they're right on with the content they're they're all about me and what i'm doing it's just they're giving it all in the email so there's no way for them to realize who's clicking and i'll end with this uh i call it the audience wheel as opposed to a funnel it's probably the same thing but for branding purposes i call it the audience wheel right uh and the audiences are a are those are your customers they're in the center the next layer are b either they're going to be your customer or they were your customer, so you know all about them. C, the C audience, are those that you have in your database, your email database. You kind of know them, haven't had a conversation. The D audience, that final layer, is those that you don't know. It's the unknown. How do you bring the D into the C, B? Now you're looking at personal branding videos. Now you're, look, now you're putting out funnels because your funnel strategy should be about building your database so you can engage them with content. It really shouldn't be about the sale because you'll get those anyway. That's just a little bit. So when you guys were like, how do you promise 20% over you know every 90 days? It's because they keep doing what they've been normally doing, selling to those people that they know, and I bring in the people they don't know, and now it's a whole new, it's a whole new opportunity. Really good. Email marketing, is that, it is it. I'm telling you. That's good. That's really good because it kind of leads into, you know, our conversation as well, right? We're talking about at the end of the day, it seemed like we all agree um, 
that relationships do matter so much in any kind of sales process. And it's the relationships that we build that we can funnel them into an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's all in um, building relationships and um, that's where it starts. But then we can't be afraid or feel guilty. I feel a lot of people feel guilt too um, when they're asking for the sale. You know, uh, I think a lot of the people that are in the audience, um, they might agree with this. Um, when you're new to all this stuff, you know, or if you're not a salesperson, right, um, it's kind of scary, you know, to ask someone to pay for something, right? Um, with all of us here, we've done it day in and day out, but it isn't easy. I remember um, when I first started in sales when I was a young guy, um, making that first cold call was kind of scary. You know, oh, my boss is going to make me pick up the phone and dial this number. And this guy's a lot older than me on the other end. He's a lot more experienced. And I got to do what? I got to ask them to go buy this stuff from me. You know, and that's the scary thing. So um, just to end before we end tonight's um, series, what are you guys? It's new to just prospecting and trying to make a living with doing sales or themselves. You 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 know, what are some recommendations? Oh, Kevin. Kevin. You got to rewind. You froze for us yep. all, I think. Yeah. You froze at the beginning of the oh, question, so we, did, we didn't hear the first five seconds of the question. Okay, no problem. So what I was saying is um, for the anyone that's new to prospecting or putting themselves out there, okay, uh, with you guys being more seasoned, you guys been doing it for a while, what is your advice to someone that's either new or maybe even younger? Or just someone new to this whole thing about uh, creating those opportunities and asking for the sale. Um, What's one advice you can give them? I'll go. So I'm going to give two pieces of advice. One, yourself, right? There's no two yous. So there's only one you. So be yourself. That's the way you're going to be authentic. Right or wrong, uh, on social media, I'm myself. Sometimes I take hate. Sometimes people buy in. It is what it is, right? So, uh, but, you know, be yourself. That's number one. Number two, just go for it. Because the reality is you're going to always have a post. You might have a post that goes viral. You have no idea. You might have a post you think is going to go viral. It goes completely flat. So you just never know. So just go for it. Just put yourself out there. Be yourself. But bring value, you know, say something that people are going to be like, OK, hmm, I learned something. And I think that's if you're going to if you're going to build anything, that's how you do it. That's my personal opinion. I I can I can go next. I think similar to what Tim said right here. So I'm going to take it on an even uh, higher level um, in the sense of uh, uh, be human. Uh, why do I say be human? Because uh, like you mentioned, Kevin, uh, the experience of co-calling. Uh, everyone's human. Uh, the fear is the same, whether you are on the calling side or you're on the person receiving the call. Uh, point being, uh, no matter you're the seller or you're the buyer, we all have uh, fears and emotions that are 
same for all humans, right? Uh, whoever wants to buy from you, why are they going to buy something from you? Uh, they fear to they fear to buy from you versus the, the other guy, right? So so you need to you need to acknowledge the fact that everyone's human. Everyone has the same kind of fear, uh, or or they 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 may not know everything, just like you may not know everything. So everyone's kind of equal. Doesn't mean that the buyer is a superior human versus you. Uh, that may not be the case because the buyer is also trying to choose to buy from you versus the other guy. You know which which brand might be better or which guy is representing the the the, the company better. So I'll I'll end by saying you know be human. Um, Rather than be yourself, always consider the other guy as well, because the other guy is also uh, facing challenges like you do, um, also taking risks with you. So, um, you know, w we will appeal to the same human level of emotions and needs and fears and all that. So that's, that's my advice. Okay, I guess I'll go next then. Um, I think to all aspiring sales professionals or newbies that is going to join this profession, um, at the point where we are really eye-to-eye -eye and toe-to-toe -to -toe with the prospect, right? Really just understand one thing, that the prospect has doubts, we have fears. It's common. So the prospect has doubts, and we have fears, right? So the point is, to me, if you can't deal with that in the moment, psychologically, don't. Think about the near future. Think about how you can bring them into the near future Take that future, the visualization of their success with you serving them into the conversation. Forget about that moment. Forget about the doubts and fear. Just take that future, visualize it, articulate it very clearly, bring it ahead. You build your confidence from there. It's a lot easier to talk about the future as opposed to focusing on that point where you are trying to tell them that, uh, you know, this pilot pen that I'm selling you is 100 bucks i think i think that works for me that works dollarize it is i i would say if you if you put it in perspective hey if you can do x this is your benefit that's how you that's how you get somebody to buy in there's one way what, what, what can one I, way. yeah what can i get from it if if you sell this you're gonna make this then it makes sense to somebody what's their benefit what's their roi yeah I think I think to the practical types, naturally, they, they want to see the kind of numbers that works into their favor. That's mm -hmm. fine too. And and for those that are not that dollar and cents or number savvy, or even to like to Kevin's point, right, which is the audience is for the young professionals joining this. As a sales professional, uh, just understand that your prospects has doubts. We all have fears, but you, you need to just get away with that. If you can't manage your own fear, distract it use the future and bring it to the conversation. I think it's a lot better because the moment where we are not confident, we send those vibes out. And Absolutely. that's not going to be to our favor or to, to the young professional's favor. I, I think that's the point. So we yeah. all have to find a way to cope with that. Troy. Yeah, um, you know, all, all good stuff. We're talking about younger people that, was that the persona? You describe you know, it can be younger or just new anyone yeah. new to just being able to just sell it can be an yeah. age girl that's new to selling yeah. you know themselves right yep. yeah uh, so two things one um tell stories every single day and um one one exercise that i used to do with the team is um 
what interesting thing happened to you yesterday? And they had this in our standup, they had to tell a story. And a lot of times there's nothing interesting. So it forces you to look <laughs> and create these stories, right? And there's a lot of books on, on storytelling, um, read books on how to write a script, but, but just get so good at telling so many stories and look at the world as if you're a direct movie. And then as you're in a sales situation, when someone, your prospect says something back to you, it triggers a story. And it's so awesome when you start telling a story and the, and the prospect's looking at you like, where is he going with this? Because we evaluate with our left side of our brain, the logical side of our brain, we buy with the emotional side of our brain. And stories paint pictures, pictures trigger emotions, right? So the more stories that you can tell, even more important than knowing your product, you have the ability to tell stories. And just, and the second thing is questions. If you ask questions, like Tim said, if you ask questions with the gen, with a genuine curiosity, don't disguise advice in the form of a question. My kids do it all the time. Daddy, are you sure? Why do you want to tell me? Because I know you're not asking me a question. And a lot of sales reps are asking question, which builds up a wall to the prospect, a wall, a wall. And then, ha ha, I got you. Right? Well, then how can you want? And no. But if you're asking with genuine curiosity, I have offended more founders because I ask a question to a prospect and they're sitting right there and they walk out and this one founder goes, that was a ballsy move. And I said, move? We're not playing a game here. I was curious. I asked him a question. He wasn't offended. She wasn't offended. They answer it. Some will start crying. It's not my intent. I just, I'm trying to drill down to what the real root of the problem is. If they say, well, I need more web hits. Why do you need more web hits? So we can close more deals. Why do you need to close more deals? So we can pay our, I mean, you keep going in those five whys and drill down deep because you're curious, not because you're trying to close them. It's amazing what they will tell you. And it, it's it's not awkward because you're, you're, you're genuinely curious. I want to say something mm, about that. Really good. I just want to just, I want to circle back to what he said. And this is something I tell people all the time. Don't fake get to know somebody. It drives yeah. me effing crazy. When you ask me questions and you're trying yeah. to like, you want to like get to know me. Let me, <laughs> let me find out what you're all about, Tim. You don't care. You don't effing care. Don't That's ask right. questions. You don't care. Stop. And I, I tell people like, dude, okay, get to the point. Like, you don't care. Please stop. Like, ask me the right question. You're trying to get to a close. Ask me the right question. Don't ask yeah. me how many children I have. How is it relevant to you selling me something? <laughs> like, come on. You know? So I just want to say that to the audience. If you're in sales, do not ask irrelevant questions, please. Like, you're wasting yes. everybody's time, including your own. And people see right through it. I, for, I am the first person to see right through it. So if you ever try to pitch me, please don't do that shit. That's it. That's okay. really um, I think I think I'm just going to so so on Troy's point and on Tim's build up. Um, I think I think the thing about uh, asking the right questions and asking questions to many people, they might think that is a technique thing. I don't mm -hmm. see that as a technique thing because mm -hmm. if you are genuinely interested in the person in front of you, when you ask a question, yeah, be interested in what yes. they tell you. Yes. Be interested. Yes. Don't just don't just ask a question because 
you want them to know that you are present. Yes. That's, that's not the point because if we look at the, the topic that we're talking about, which is relationships, mm-hmm. high buy relationships don't last. They don't. So right. be authentic and be genuinely concerned. Don't be like, a, how should I say, a fast-paced manager where, hey, morning Tim, how's the day? And then you walk to the office. Right. No, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't work that way. So just to circle back to Troy and to circle back to Tim, be authentic and be genuinely concerned about their responses. It works, mm-hmm. at least for me. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah, no, I, you're you're 100 right. I don't mind if you ask me questions if you genuinely want to know. But I can tell when somebody rapid fires off five questions, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, this has nothing to do with where we're going with this. Stop, oh, stop. This HR is has that. If you're gonna get hired, HR has a list of 20 questions. They just read. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. 20 questions or things like that. Do you just say that? What's that? <laughs> Did you just say that HR has a list of 20 questions and they're just reading yeah, it and right. things like that in a mechanical that's, fashion? That's how it feels. That's right. exactly how it feels. Yeah, it's, it's funny, right? HR stands for human resource, but they're the least human of any department, I feel, most times. <laughs> just getting through a process. That's right. You know, that's just how I feel. <laughs> that is so true. So I think for me, you know, so for myself, I think if you're new to the whole prospecting, I think one point is, and it goes with everyone's point, is learning how to listen. You know, I think um, a lot of times as humans, period, uh, we love talking. Uh, we love sharing our thoughts um, and our opinions. Um, but none of us are really, um, we aren't born to really listen. Um, and I can attest to that with my kids. You know, they're five and seven. Um, they have no problem sharing with me their feelings, um, tell me stories all day. But um, when I tell them, listen, <laughs> you know, they don't hear from me, right? Yeah. They just kind of do their thing. It's like autopilot all day, you know. It's like, hey, dad's getting on a live show. You got to be quiet. Here they are yelling. It's like, okay, they didn't hear anything said, right? So I think that's human nature for us. And I think when you're new to the whole uh, – even not just sales, right? Anything, right? Learn to really listen. And listen goes with the asking the right question. Because I think when we're actually listening, then we get to hear what the other person, and, uh, you know, what they're looking for, what they're seeking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we can deliver that value on a platter, right? Um, I think listening. And the second one I would say is, don't be afraid to fail. You know, uh, when you're new to it, you're going to mess up. People are going to say no to you. And just remember, you know, it has nothing to do with you, you know, and oftentimes when you're trying to sell a service or product, they're not saying no to you. They're saying either the way you did it or what you're selling, you know, Mm -hmm. so don't take offense and build thick skin. Because I think as you've done it over the years and you've had your experience, the only difference is um, you have thicker skin. You know, you start developing, oh, it's just a no. You know, any sales guy that you talk to that's done it very successfully for a long number of years, they'll tell you, oh, I just didn't close the sale or I just, he just said no, but there's other opportunities. And they learn to move on, you know. 
And I think when you're new to it, I think yeah, you get your feelings hurt or you hang on to that one um, failure, <laughs> you know. But I think you have to just overlook that and just keep moving, right? Yeah, learn from it and move on. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think just to clarify on that point, because uh, sometimes people teach us principles, but how do we actually learn from that, right? It's like, mm. you know, to be successful, you, you have to develop a, a, a thick skin as a sales professional. So what does that really mean? It's a, it's a principle. It, it's not a technique, right? But one, mm. way, one way in which you can, as a result, develop a thicker skin is that you think about your prospect more than you think about yourself. Because the moment you start thinking about yourself, your fear will remind you that your skin is thin. But if you keep thinking about your prospect and you keep showing that you're interested in them, genuinely asking questions and things like that, as a result, yeah. you will develop your thick skin over time. That's what I think. That's what Rain I think. So, so that's Rain my interpretation of what a thick skin should be, but it is about putting people before you. That's, that's great advice, Audrey. That's great advice. The thing is, you get so much information from a no because they already feel bad. They're not going to buy your service. This is this is the thing about discovery, right? You write down the yeah. reason no. Well, what would it take to, for you to say yes? And they yes. and, and then your product sucks. Maybe you quit that job and go work for a product that's got good. Mm -hmm. the, the value of no is people take get as much information as you can. Tim, if someone's pissing you off and 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 you're like, Dude, you you suck at sales, and they say and they ask you questions why. Now you, if they take away all your advice that you gave them, the next call is better. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. and no, getting to a no is extremely valuable because because your prospect and your clients are actually telling you what they want. Listen. Yes. Yes. Just listen. So so I just want to I want to say that I want to double back to what you just said, Aldrich. They'll tell you if you ask the right question, right? Mm -hmm. The key is like, and this is part of something that I teach people too. I say, look, if somebody says no, the very next question should be, what gives you hesitation? Period. Give ask an open-ended question. What gives you hesitation? What? Why? Why are you saying no? Tell me. I, I want to hear. I'm not going to lead you to anything. It's not going to be a closed-ended. Well, why? Yes. This is it. This or this? What gives you hesitation? It's that simple. What? Why don't you want to buy this product? And like Troy said, your product sucks. Okay, then I can't do anything about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, it's your prices. If it was a hundred dollars instead of hundred fifty, I'd do it. Well, if you're a solopreneur, okay, you now you have a decision to make. Cool. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's just that simple. It's ask the right question. And the no is so valuable, right? Because you can learn from that no. And you can actually pivot to your next prospect and you should learn from your nose and you can develop a better sales pitch on your next prospect, you know? So mm -hmm. it's so valuable. So, well, we've been here for about an hour today. So um, we, there's a lot of good uh, information. Um, and next week we could do something. So we wanted to talk about work-life balance, you know, uh, and our hobbies. So, um, so you guys can learn a little maybe about Jeremy Aldrich and Tim and I, and just something different, right? Um, aside from just building relationships, um, converting sales, but we go talk about just how do you balance work and life? So I um, hope you guys can join us next week. And thank you, Troy, for joining us. What time is it yeah, over there? Right. Uh, it is, um, just seven, I think, or uh, 720. Do I look like a floating head? 
Yes. When you grab the guitar or the video right now, the saving grace is your microphone. So it's seven twenty. So Troy, don't you wake up at four a.m.? Four a.m. Wake up, baby. Okay. So so while you're on our show, tell us about your four a.m. podcast. Uh, so the the podcast is not done at four a.m. That's what time I wake oh, up. Oh, so after <laughs> uh, I take a shower first and get ready and brush my teeth and all that. It's recorded about five. Um, it's just uh, I've actually thank you for setting me up, Kevin. I've downloaded. It's a micro podcast with no interviews, so it's uh, three to five minutes Monday through Friday. I spit fire to ignite fire. I've downloaded uh, two hundred and sixty uh, episodes transcribed it to text and the book's coming out uh it, it's put into a book and the book's called you got it now go get it um realizing just how high you can fly and uh when you open it up there's a quote from michael scott that says you don't know how high i can fly uh so uh, <laughs> it's, uh it's um it's it's uh 260 individual articles in the book with four sections self-mastery leadership personal branding and audience engagement and I'm excited. It's going to be a, it's a crazy journey. I've been quarantined. I haven't caught up on Netflix. I've been writing this book and it's kicking my butt. Wow. Oh, good though, man. Awesome. Dedication. Dedication. That is awesome. Hey, Troy, if you want, um, can you comment whenever you get a chance um, below yeah. how people can follow you um, tonight with you um, or hear your podcast? So that'll be great. I appreciate so, it. Thanks, guys. And hey, thank you. Thanks, Troy. Thank you for joining us today, Troy. I think um, you, you you gave us a different angle of, you know, like you complete what we couldn't have mentioned over the show. And uh, thank you for the commitment. I can see that it's all dark and you're like a little alien hate floating around. But your microphone is not you. you know. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Anytime. I'll put, I'll put it in the uh, – I'll comment on LinkedIn. All right. I appreciate all, right. all of you. Thank you. And see you all next week. All right, see you guys. Thank you. Next week. See you.